0: Podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm not here with my co host, Lee. I'm Lee, and I'm not here with my co host, Peter. And I'm happy to report that we're going to be not together for much, much longer at this rate. Uh huh. So thanks, COVID. Yeah. Thanks for ruining everything. Our studio program, the studio's progressing, uh but it's kind of in a state of shambles now because it was getting out. All- I was getting it all ready because I'm like, oh man, this thing's going to be out of here in no time. <laughs> now it's just. Nope. So yeah. hope, hopefully in the new year, we'll be back in the studio face to face.
1: Yeah. we'll uh, It'll be five to 10 years and we'll like crack it open and shoo away all the bears that are living there eventually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're joining us for the second episode of our October of despair. <laughs> and this time it's a major disaster courtesy of me. Yes. Before we dive into that, I'm going to do the housekeeping that I do... Every time. If you're new here, welcome. We're happy to have you. A lot of people ask us what the best where the best place to start is if you're new to the podcast. And I recommend the beginning, not just because it's the easy answer, but because a lot of times, well, <laughs> I don't know, man, the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Not just because it's the easy answer, but also because a lot of times we reference previous episodes. You won't miss like inside jokes, but we'll we'll talk about stuff and then we'll be like, This is like that other episode. I'm looking at my notes and I've got one on line three so one <laughs> sentence in, is and i'm so already making a us exactly <laughs> <laughs> if you get through all those episodes and you like and you like what you heard the best thing you can do to help us out is to tell a friend to listen or an enemy to listen or really anyone to listen ghosts mm. demons it's it's the month just tell them to listen exactly invoke all the spirits that you can maybe do it using a venus glass and some um yeah. some. some eggs that's a callback to the previous episode. See, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about.
1: We do that kind of thing all the time.
0: <laughs> uh, the next best thing you can do is subscribe if you aren't already and leave a rating or review. I think Apple Podcasts is the best place to do that. I know we got a, we got a lot of listeners and it'd be great to hear your feedback. So yeah. So pile those on. If you want to keep up with what you're doing on social media at This Disaster Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you can check out our website where you can get everything in one convenient place, thisdisasterpod.com, and on our Patreon.com slash thisdisasterpod, where you get tons of bonus content, access to live streams, like right now on our Discord, we got a bunch of people watching. Hi. Hi. Hi, everyone. You get to see behind the scenes. There's already been a lot of stuff that's getting cut out in this episode.
1: (laughs) It's just very (laughs) interesting stuff.
0: You get to see it all happen, you know, on the spot. Live and in color. Rough and ready. Mm-hmm. So for example, that series of jokes that we just made that didn't go anywhere, that gets cut. So there you go. Behind <laughs> the
1: scenes, it's right.
0: It always <laughs> sounds so much smarter on the actual podcast. <laughs> As patrons, you also get access to discounts on merch. For example, the shirts that we have on sale. There's two days left when this comes comes out. So we have pre-orders open until October 16th. If you go on the website, shop.thisdisasterpod.com and order a shirt. It says back order, but basically we're making them to order. Go on there, back order yourself a shirt. We'll collect all the orders, make them custom just for you, ship them out, and you'll have them by Christmas. Yeah, yes, that's the
1: accent I talk with now. I'm trying to keep myself from laughing because you said "as patrons," yeah, but it sounded like "ass patrons."
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is not a Patreon exclusive, but you get highbrow humor like that throughout the episode. So. That's why everyone's here. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty much, that's pretty much all I had to say. Actually, just one, one small thing. I recently got myself a pair of noise cancelling headphones. That's kind of like a little, little treat, treat. And also because sometimes I work from home and it helps out. (laughs) Things that I would not recommend doing with noise cancelling headphones is (laughs) researching an episode about witches while listening to the witch soundtrack through noise cancelling headphones. Uh Because all it really takes is a tap on the shoulder for you to scream like a girl and poop (laughs) yourself. So.
1: Why would you do that to
0: me? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why would I try why would you try to gently get my attention? <laughs>
1: yeah. And it's totally normal. You couldn't way.
0: have possibly known that I'm down a deep
1: Why would you impersonate a witch like that?
0: So noise canceling headphones, perils. Good advice. Good advice. So Lee. Yes. Cast your mind back to October 8th, 1871. Does that ah. date ring a
1: bell? Anything well, familiar? It's uh, just about uh, however many years ago to the day. Hey, I didn't even realize that. I know that's true.
0: As of yesterday. Also, if I could remind you of episode 30, that's what I'm talking about, third line Mm. of my notes, Mm. that's the date that a cow or a peg leg started a fire in a stable in the garlic city. I mean, the windy city.
1: (laughs) I do remember that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. At the end of that episode, if you remember, I told you that as devastating as the Great Chicago Fire was, it wasn't the worst fire to happen in the U.S. in
1: 1871. I do remember you uh, laying that little teaser on me and us.
0: Yeah. It also wasn't the worst fire to happen in October of 1871. <laughs> and it wasn't even the worst fire to happen on October 8th of
1: 1871.
0: Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, it gets
1: Whoa. much worse. That is
0: that is s- spooky, all right. One of my favorite things about this time of year... Are those increasingly rare warm afternoons you get, you know, when like the sun is low in the sky, it's warm enough yeah. for a light sweatshirt, maybe oh. even a t-shirt will do it. Yeah. Like today. Yeah, exactly. Like you yeah. get that fall weather, you get the smell of leaves. Someone's probably burning some leaves somewhere. I love that smell.
1: Man, you know, summer is my favorite season, but what you just described, nothing's better than that. I think, I think I'm think i a fall man myself. I'm a fall man too, but the latter half of fall, well, where we live is yeah, basically crap.
0: No, I'm like a... I think I'm like a fall to Christmas. Freezing by the time cold. <laughs> but by the right. time... We're getting off track. Anyway, warm, <laughs> warm fall days. Weather's good. <laughs> Pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> That's a me thing. Yep. On October 8th, 1871, the town of Peshtigo was bathed in this kind of golden sun and abnormal October warmth. The streets smelled of sawdust in the distance. The faint rumbling sound of a waterfall provided the ambient soundtrack to a lazy Sunday afternoon. Oh, just
1: paradise. What you're describing.
0: Except I should probably mention there's no waterfall near Peshtigo.
1: Oh. We'll We'll get back to that. Okay. (laughs)
0: Let's put a pin in that. (laughs) But first, quick sidebar about the lumber industry. Yeah. (laughs) About time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know you've been dying for it. <laughs> Can we please? So in the late 16th century, England had a wood problem. <laughs> Go on. They're reading too much, uh, Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just had a, I have a note here that just says pause for Lee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, Richard Hakluyt had a solution. He organized a group of seven men and formed the Virginia company. Okay. They received a royal charter from King James I to establish a colony in the New World, and their ultimate purpose was to harvest wood and start shipping it back to England. Yeah. Turns out, I didn't know about this, but England like had a serious wood shortage, like people freezing in their homes, wood shortage in the 16th yeah, century.
1: Yeah, like so much so that they were sending it across the ocean, apparently.
0: Yeah. Never knew that. And actually, we, we talked about these kinds of charters in your Roanoke episode. Yeah. So this was a similar kind of situation.
1: Yeah, I kind of that that name you had trouble with kind of sounds familiar. Like you might have talked about him. I think I had that same last name in the Roanoke episode. That could be.
0: Yeah. This could be a rare instance of me missing a reference.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: But anyway, I'm check shocked. out the Roanoke episode. Fifteen. Fifteen. That's right. I didn't even I didn't look that up, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stake right now that it's fifteen.
1: Okay, we'll hold you to that. And if
0: I'm wrong, then
1: may God smite you down.
0: So I'm going to do a quick sidebar section here. Oh, geez. Because uh, in my research, I learned a little bit of, I, l- I learned some details about Jamestown, which is the first column. Well, we'll get into it. sidebar section: Jamestown's starving time. Hmm. In December of 1606, Hakluyt and 100 men boarded ships and set sail for the new world. Hmm. By April 1607, they established a settlement that they would call Jamestown in honor of the king that gave them the charter. Yeah. Seems appropriate. And everything was looking great. Jamestown was surrounded by tons of exportable trees and it looked poised to solve England's wood problem once and for all. Okay. But as we heard, oh, I didn't even look. Yeah, I knew it. (coughs) But as we heard in episode 15 about Roanoke, Uh nailed it. There it is. The Lost Colony. Colonizing the New World wasn't exactly a cakewalk, unless you like poo cake. Yeah. A few bumps in the road. A few bumps in the road, arrows in the chest, knives on the throats.
1: Some, uh, some murder. play nice yeah you know what if you if you come into someone's house play nice play nice try try that one (laughs) yeah try that instead of uh framing people for stuff they didn't do
0: yeah Mm. so the problem with jamestown the location was chosen for its defensibility because if you remember early colonists loved building forts yeah i love their forts not so much for its abundance of resources or the quality of hunting in the area Uh Add to this that, surprise, surprise, the colonists quickly wore out their welcome with the Native Americans, effectively shutting down trade. You're kidding. Almost immediately. (laughs) Not only that, the colonists' crops were under more or less constant attack Mm. because they kind of just pissed everyone off as soon as they got here. (laughs) Eventually, the colony would receive supply trips that would help them survive a little bit longer. And they also had the help of Captain John Smith, Ah. whose name might ring a bell if you're into Disney movies. South Park.
1: Different backgrounds. Different John Smith? <laughs> no, no. Just not the I founder that, of Mormonism? The Pocahontas guy you mean, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yep. But I, I,
0: I think that's illustrative of our <laughs> yeah. varied backgrounds. I Disney. reached for Disney. South and Park. And, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Captain John Smith had a particular talent for diplomacy with the natives. Yeah. Particularly after a run-in with one warrior where his life was spared thanks to the help of Pocahontas, daughter mm. of Chief Powhatan. For a while, Jamestown benefited from trade with the Powhatan people until John Smith was injured in a gunpowder accident and shipped back to England for medical attention. Oh, jeez! After this one person who happened to know how to treat human beings like human beings was out of the picture, collaboration (laughs) with the Powhatan broke down almost immediately, (laughs) as did the food trade with them. And in fact, anyone caught outside the walls of Jamestown was pretty much immediately killed. Great. No more trading for food, no more hunting, because if you set foot outside the fort, Game over, man. I love that
1: one guy was the linchpin for just <laughs> fucking decency. Hundreds of people, not yeah. nobody thought to, yeah. Like they're just watching him disappear over the. Okay, he's gone. Do you think he can see us? He probably can't see us. And then just musket <laughs> fire. <laughs> oh, God. pieces of shit. <sighs>
0: So leading up to the winter of 1609, a resupply mission to Jamestown was hit by a disaster at sea, meaning that they brought more mouths to feed than food to feed them with. Oops. Add to this the drought causing an abysmal harvest. And what you get is a winter that has been come to known as the quote unquote starving time. Mm. Of the original 214 colonists, 154 died of starvation. And because I know you're thinking it, yes, there's evidence of a little bit of light
1: Cannibalism, yeah, the yeah. big, the yeah. big C, not the one you're thinking yeah. of, but the one we always come <laughs> back to. <laughs>
0: yeah, it seems like increasingly we can't get through a disaster without talking about people eating people. So it, it gets to, the, it comes
1: to that pretty quickly. Yeah, this time it's a little bit understandable, I guess, but it's almost the well, it's almost always understandable, but at the same time, it's never not shocking.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> um, also. <laughs> One of, our, one of our patrons just posted a GIF of Mads Mikkelsen in Hannibal, which nice. I thoroughly approve of. Still <laughs> for that. probably the greatest TV show ever made. Really? Well, better call Saul. It's a toss up. It's pretty good. Yeah. So why am I talking about how shit it was to be a New World colonist in the 17th century?
1: Hey, Peter, why are you talking about how shit it is to be a New World colonist in 17th? Why am I
0: talking about how shit it was to be a 70? New World colonist in the 17th century? 17th century. 17th <laughs> 17, 17. Yeah. Why? Anyway. Damn it. <laughs> Despite the early hiccups by the end of the 1700s, the not so new anymore world was exporting nearly 40 million feet of pine boards per year. Wow. So kind of worked out. It's a hustle and a bustle. Uh huh. Originally exports were from the vicinity of the first colonies in the new world. So around J- Jamestown and the uh, East coast. Yep. Eventually they spread out uh, until the Great Lakes region began to dominate the trade.
1: Ah, makes sense.
0: Among the states that would contribute to the harvest of so-called green gold, quote unquote. Green gold. I feel like. That's weed, man. I was just going to say that probably means something different than lumber (laughs) now. Yeah, exactly.
1: Some green gold. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So among the states that would contribute to harvesting this green gold for the time was a state likely named after the Miami word. Mesconsing meaning it lies red, ah. referring to the reddish sandstone that borders the shores of the Wisconsin River. Uh-huh. There's a lot of cool like names, man. You know? Yeah. Where do they come Spe- from? <laughs> Speaking of green gold. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've been dipping in, it sounds like.
0: Names. Names are dude. weird,
1: man. <laughs> so All
0: go. words are made up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> close sidebar and closed sidebar section.
1: Oh man, we're back. We're reality. Back. Time is moving at a normal rate.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the the music is intelligible again. <laughs> um, by 1871, the town of Peshtigo, Wisconsin was booming, had a population of 1700, the town with its wooden houses, wooden walkways and sawdust streets. Uh-huh. It's going to pause for that to sink in. Why did you why did you bring those details up? <laughs> I'll just say it again. The town with its wooden houses, wooden what? walkways and uh-huh. sawdust streets. Like wood but in dust form. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah. Yep. Just yeah, logged that away. <laughs> it grew on either side of the Peshtigo River, which ran down its middle. Okay. It got built up around a sawmill and factory built by the Peshtigo Company, who was responsible mm. for logging in the area. Okay. It had shops, hotels, schools, and boarding houses that lined pretty much the streets everywhere. So it was turning into quite a bustling metropolis. Mm. The railroad was on its way soon to connect Peshtigo to Chicago. Also, not the only way that Peshtigo gets connected to Chicago, but we're getting there. <laughs> <In> <laughs> Murray, am I right? <laughs> well, I
1: think
0: so. Also, fortunately for history and us, it had a <laughs> weekly newspaper called the Marinette and Peshtigo Eagle. So Marinette ah. was a, Marinette, I mean, was and is a city. That's uh, about a two hours, I think, from, uh, might, might not even be that far. I think it's a two hour walk from Peshtigo because I was looking at by foot because we were, anyway, it's Trying east be, of Peshtigo. Yeah, yeah. Authentic to the time. I should just trust my notes because it's right here. It's right there. So it has a uh, Marinette is a town that's about eleven kilometers or seven miles east of Peshtigo. Okay. When things occur to me, I look them up. I should just trust myself to write them down. Trust your like
1: self from the past. You were thanks past self. Yeah, you had it. You wanted to do right by your future self,
0: and I did. And you did. Thanks. I wish I had that foresight when eating spicy burritos. But I do not. <laughs> Thanks, past self, son of a bitch. <laughs> so the Peshtigo Eagle, I'm just going to call it the Peshtigo Eagle. It's the Marinette and Peshtigo Eagle, but Peshtigo Eagle. Just rolls off the tongue. It's awesome. It sure does. Also, the word Peshtigo is losing meaning for me now because I've just said it so many times. <laughs> it's just anyway. like a noise at this point. The Peshtigo Eagle spent a lot of words covering the construction of the railroad, but it ah. also couldn't escape talking about the oppressive drought the region was experiencing in the late summer. Okay. Which kind of makes sense. If you remember, if you think back to our blizzard of 1888 episode meteorology was like a growing kind of exploding field at this point Mm. so people are getting real interested in predicting the weather Mm. yeah they still are the weather in this region was extremely dry to the point where crews working on the railroad in the area area would routinely drop their tools and refuse to work because there wasn't a drop of water anywhere oh fair enough In fact, by October of 1871, the whole region hadn't seen a drop of rain since July. Jeez. Might, uh... Ain't joking. Wooden houses. Gotcha. Wooden walkways. Okay. Sawdust streets. Uh Uh-huh. And another settlement that has a three-month drought. If you remember, if you think back to Chicago...
1: Yes, similar. So any vegetation surrounding this area would resemble hay. Indeed.
0: Or some such. Yeah. In late September... The paper reported several fires north of Peshtigo. In the October 7th edition, a reporter wrote, quote, unless we have rain soon, God only knows how soon a conflagration may sweep this town. Ugh. According to Isaac Stephenson, who was one of the lumber barons that co-owned the Peshtigo Company, uh-huh. which is that lumber company that sort of founded this whole thing, yeah. quote, the forest and brush were reduced to tinder by the drought and also the activity <laughs> of the railroad workers and loggers, huh. because basically when they would clear an area, yeah. They didn't exactly pick up after themselves. Oh. They essentially <laughs> cut branches and trees and stuff and then just kind of leave it on the forest floor.
1: Huh. Kind of a trail of uh oh what do you call that stuff? Kindling? Uh you might call it that. Yeah. Okay. You might call it that. And it yeah. just
0: came to mind. So as a result, the forest floor was littered with dry leaves and broken branches dried to kindling by 3 months of no rain. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Go on. Also for reference, this is the kind of forest management that people should be talking about. This is a problem. <laughs>
1: yeah, in case you were
0: wondering what needs managing, this is the kind of thing that needs this managing. Is
1: it. Yeah. I
0: bring up for no reason. Huh. One of the problems of industrialization in these regions, so obviously there's a big industrial boom going on, is that it caused the kind of clear cutting that led to these highly combustible forest remnants. Uh. It also provided multiple sources of sparks that could ignite them. Right. So for example, at the time, wooden bur- wood-burning trains were still fairly common. Okay. So that's also not great. Hmm. Beyond that, you also had just the carelessness on the part of the workers. So failing to put out campfires or tossing cigarettes over their shoulders like Peg Leg in Chicago. Right. <laughs> so you basically had perfect mix of kindling and carelessness. Just so many ways to light it. Right,
1: right, right.
0: (laughs) The October 7th edition of the Peshtigo Eagle seems to predict the future. Mm. If you don't count the narrowly averted disaster of September 23rd, where part of the city nearly went up in flames. So if you remember, I quoted the Peshtigo Eagle saying, you know, who knows what'll happen if we don't get rain?
1: Who knows? Well...
0: (laughs) Turns out they did because uh, like a week before that, part of the city almost burnt down. Right. The only thing that saved it was packing houses in wet blankets to deny the fire a toehold. Like literally people running around, dipping blankets in the Peshtigo River and just like throwing them on the on the houses.
1: Jeez, that's pretty smart in a, in a pinch.
0: Yeah, they managed to save the city. That's amazing. That time. Yeah, that. <laughs> Still, not to diminish it, an account in the Eagle said, quote, it is as though you attempted to resist the approach of an avalanche of fire hurled against you. Mm. Buildings were covered with wet blankets and all under the scorching heat and in blinding, suffocating smoke that was enough to strangle one. Strange to say, not a building was burned. The town was saved.
1: Wow, that's unreal. Yeah. They saved it that time.
0: (laughs) So as the day wore on, on October 8th, 1871, Mm. the sun and sky went from yellow to orange. We're coming back to describing that idyllic fall day oh yeah i haven't forgotten it by the evening an eerie red glow covered pretty much everything and if you want a modern day example look up the pictures from the recent forest fires in california oh yeah 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 do you see that one video of like the guy flying the drone through the city and he set it to the music of blade runner and it's like it's from blade runner
1: yeah saw a lot of uh blade runner side by sides yeah yeah it's pretty uncanny
0: Back in October 8th, 1871, birds were flocking from the area in silence, (laughs) which is almost creepier than them actually making any kind of sound. (laughs) Pestigo residents went about their business as best they could, stopping occasionally to wipe their eyes, which at this point were watering from the smoke hanging in the air.
1: (laughs) What's happening, do you think?
0: (laughs) It's probably nothing. It's just a fault. Beautiful fall
1: day. I can't really see because of all this
0: stuff in my eyes. Yeah.
1: If I could see, though, I'd probably be saying, it's red out tonight. (laughs) Like extraordinarily red. (laughs) Is it red to you? (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to do a mini mini
0: sidebar here because I'm going to talk about this in a second. I'm going to do a mini sidebar about (laughs) timber cruising. (laughs)
1: That sounds
0: fun. Right? It's (laughs) not to be confused with log driving. Uh which also makes me think about our friend Craig from Canadian History X. Do you remember the Log Drivers Waltz? Oh, of course. That Canadian vignette thing that would be like between commercials and stuff?
1: Yeah. I I looked it up the other
0: day, like instant nostalgia. For those of you who are Canadian, you're welcome for that reminder. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not from Canada, do a YouTube search of Log Drivers Waltz and like... I always hype up uh, Canadian History X because it is is a really good source of learning about Canadian history, but if you want to really feel what it's like to be Canadian, watch Log Drivers Waltz, and then you'll be able to immediately relate to a lot of Canadians.
1: You can sort of nod in, like, confirmation, like, I knew this is what Canada was all about. Right, yeah. We're still a bunch of hosers, like, with our logs and our (laughs) fever tails and us um uh, so
0: you know what i'm gonna do it twice in one episode i'm gonna do an immediate sidebar section about oh, log driving because oh i heard timber cruising i thought log driving they turns out they're different things and i got interested about log driving and we're talking about timber already so i figured let's hey, do it
1: all right lay it on
0: me so here's 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 some info about log driving okay. in regions with snowy winters like canada and don't worry there's also danger here and po- possibly some death so oh, i still thanks. know what show we're on so. okay thank you geez <laughs> thank god uh <laughs> In regions with snowy winters, like Canada, loggers would establish camps and spend the winter cutting down trees and piling them on riverbanks. And they'd usually do this upstream from like the sawmill. Okay. So then when the waterways thawed, they'd roll the trees into the rivers and essentially ride them down the current to get them back to the sawmill. Yeah. That's log driving. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I've heard of that. They would do this to ensure that the... the, They didn't just let them go by themselves because if they didn't monitor them, then they would get stuck together and cause log jams. Right. Which... By, by the way, that's where the term log jab comes from.
1: From the actual log jams. From the act- actual log jams in rivers. Not just several people trying to get through a doorway. Exactly. <laughs> I think they would do that from like Quebec to Ottawa. Like... Yeah. It was quite a distance they would do these log drives.
0: Yeah. And it was uh, like you needed a unique combination of... You need to be super strong, super agile. Yeah. Because... Like one wrong, one misstep <laughs> and you've slipped off a log and you're going to get crushed by all Probably. the other logs. coming yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> it was not
0: for the faint of heart. Also, uh, put a pin in killer logs. <clears throat> oh, okay.
1: We'll revisit that. <laughs> so
0: it turns out it was an extremely, like I said, extremely dangerous job. Yeah. Uh, typically, actually, because the log drivers had to be strong and agile and they kind of went to their heads. (laughs) The boss of a company of log drivers typically had to be like the biggest, strongest guy and also a good fighter. Yeah, Because a lot of times like they would, you know, the testosterone and cockiness would boil over and the boss would actually have to kick some ass to get people in line. (laughs) So he's the alpha. So before railroads were commonplace, this was the best way to move felled trees in bulk. Yeah. Uh, And it was also extremely dangerous with a high likelihood of falling into the water and getting crushed by logs. Yeah. We talked about. I was also delighted to learn the source of two expressions that I use pretty much all the time. Well, not all (laughs) the time, but that I use. So one of them is high and dry. Yeah. Like leaving something high and dry. Yeah. If the logs were piled too high on the riverbank and the water didn't rise high enough after the thaw to carry them into the river, the logs were left high and dry.
1: Oh. Eh? Interesting.
0: Next up, come hell or high water. Mm. comes from log drivers' determination to get their drives into rivers while the water was high enough in the smaller waterways. Uh-huh. Heller high water and high and dry.
1: Nice. You say those all the
0: time. You're welcome, world. There you go. Yep. Origins. I'm, I'm kind of claiming log driving for Canada, but it's a thing that Germany <laughs> and other... Anywhere that's snowy and has logs. But I'm going to... Sure. Still going to say... I'm still going to say thank you. I mean, you're welcome, world. Yeah. It's our high and dry. That's right. Yeah. Close sidebar section. Turns out timber cruising isn't log driving. Instead, timber cruising is the practice of inspecting stands, which is the name of like regions of trees. Uh Like if you have a region of trees, particularly ones that you've planted, they're called a stand. Mm. And timber cruisers go by to inspect them and kind of assess them for future logging activity.
1: Oh, well, that's nowhere near as exciting as log driving. That's why I talked about log driving. That's why you talked about log driving. I bet they don't need the (laughs) toughest, burliest man to be the leader of the timber cruisers. No. In fact, I,
0: I can imagine like a situation where somebody shows up to like the log driving recruit or whatever. (laughs) Okay. So we'll take you, but we have a different job for you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) What do you mean?
0: I need you to take this clipboard and count the trees. Can
1: you do that (laughs) with your book learning? (laughs) So why am I talking about timber cruising? Why are you talking about timber cruising, Peter? (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah i can do that yeah and this time nuclear (laughs) norm's not even around although (laughs) i think he is watching (laughs) he's here so on october 8th 1871 john cameron had just come back from a timber cruise and was resting his feet on the peshtigo company's boarding house
1: steps (laughs) all of that just to tell you what timber cruising is i would have assumed it was something great (laughs) just come back from a timber cruise and boy my leg's tired
0: I think I think maybe he purposely kept it from people. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's timber cruising? I don't want ah, to talk about my job. You wouldn't. It's dangerous. Yeah, exactly. it's just you know I'm out there, just me and the trees and yeah. nature.
1: It's 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 dangerously
0: yeah. boring. Uh, I, I saw I saw a bear once.
1: Oh yeah, what'd you do? <laughs>
0: <sighs> I kind of ran away. Yeah, I made a note of it. I peed a little. <laughs> You're supposed to. As the sun set and the stars came out, on John Cameron he noticed that it wasn't really getting much darker and he really <laughs> couldn't see that many stars.
1: <laughs>
0: Cameron also heard that waterfall that we mentioned earlier. Oh yeah,
1: the waterfall.
0: Except like I mentioned, he knew that there wasn't a waterfall anywhere in our <laughs> I love that. Before long, the wind died down and all that was left in the air was the low rumble, mm-hmm. which sounded less like a waterfall now and a little bit more like thunder. Okay. John Cameron didn't have a lot of time to think about what it all meant because before he knew it, Wave after wall-like wave, a fire exploded from the tree line. Just sitting, relaxing, Uh, and then out of uh, almost nowhere, wave after wave of flames came out of the trees.
1: See, you're saying like wave, Mm -hmm. but then you're saying the word fire. Yeah. I'm just trying to picture that, and it's, it's not gelling in my imagination. Let me help. Yes, please. Sidebar about firestorms. <laughs> Thank God.
0: <laughs> so Pop Quiz. Do you remember what made the fire in Chicago so devastating?
1: Oh um okay, you're Dennis Hopper, I'm Keanu Reeves. Um <laughs> Pop Quiz hotcha.
0: <laughs> no,
1: tell us, Peter.
0: I'll give I'll give you a, I'll give you a hint. The city's named for it. Oh, the windy city. It's a the wind. The wind oh! Indeed. So as anyone who started a fire knows, blowing on embers and then the fire make it bigger. That's right when a massive blaze first starts such as the one in the middle of a bone dry forest littered with kindling yeah it rapidly consumes the oxygen pretty much in its direct vicinity yeah and then once it does that once it consumes all of that it starts sucking in oxygen from its surrounding
1: mm. and as it
0: sucks in this oxygen it creates wind from the moving air right wind makes fires bigger so these winds aren't exactly stable and predictable. So in theory, the effect would cause a stable column of flame that goes straight up, like a like a flaming tornado, like a flame nato. <laughs> okay. But in practice, the fire pulls in oxygen wherever it can get it, and as a result, it kind of gets pushed around and creates a firestorm that swings around erratically. Dear god. So it's kind of this It's this thing that builds on itself where like you have this giant, if you have this giant intense explosion of fire that sucks in all the air around it, it basically just catalyzes that and just keeps moving around, sucking in air wherever it can get it.
1: Oh my God. And just compounds and compounds.
0: Causing more wind, making it bigger, moving around. Nightmare. Circle of life, of death. (laughs) Exactly. The nature of firestorms also leads to massive heat radiation from the burn. Uh And as it grows, it sucks in more and more oxygen, like we said. Yeah, leading it to burn hotter to the point where it gives off so much heat that flammable materials ignite at a distance. Oh, huh. Maybe I'll pause here and let you think about what could be flammable. Let's just think about flammable things for a second.
1: Well, there's... I wood. mean, we don't even have to... don't even, We don't have to say them out loud even. No. Just stop and think about things that burn. Okay, we'll just stop and think about that. I don't think that yeah. makes for very good podcasting, but we can try. <laughs> 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 um... Can I think out loud? I'll think. Uh, sure. Think out loud. And then you mentioned sawdust. I'm pretty sure sawdust. And um, what else did you say?
0: towers you, you got, you got houses. Yeah. 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 A lot of wood. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. okay. Mm. Turns out there's a few more things that burn, but we'll get there. Oh, people. Wow. Well, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> it's uh, an October on. episode. October <laughs> of despair. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we've talked about human caused firestorms on the podcast before. Yes. So if you remember in episode 20 and 21 about Chernobyl, part one and two, mm-hmm. I think mostly in episode 20, when we talked about the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Right. So the iconic massive pillar of smoke going into the sky in that picture, yeah. that's not a picture of the explosion itself. That's the firestorm caused by the blast. Right. Because that's another situation where you had this massive explosion that sucks in this air, yeah. just builds on itself and just builds a giant firestorm. All right. Uh, and actually, firestorms were caused by some non nuclear bombings in cities in Europe during World War II as well. Okay. So it doesn't just need to be a nuclear weapon, it just needs to be an intense source of heat. Right. Naturally occurring firestorms are typically the result of forest fires, such as the one in Peshtigo on October 8th, 1871. Mm, say. Though I imagine the Chicago fire also had firestorm elements, at least maybe flame NATOs. Right. Due to the wind, all the wind. Due to the wind, indeed. Yes. Close sidebar. And we're back. In a split second, around 9 p.m. on October 8th, 1871, Peshtigo burst into flames. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All of it. It wasn't on fire, and then it was. (laughs) Exactly.
0: I actually, I don't know how I missed this reference, but if you think back to episode like three, Great Fire of London. Yeah. That was like a slow burn that took a couple days to build up and then a couple days to go out. Really took its time. This is a stark contrast. Yes, it is. <laughs> this is calm evening. Yeah. Where did everything go? Where? Yeah. Oh, God. Thankfully, I've got more detail.
1: Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and it went on fire at the end. Well, thanks for listening.
0: <laughs> As a reminder, Pistigo was a town split in half by the Pistigo River, surrounded by forest. All right. Made of wood. All right. Which is flammable. Uh-huh. Also made of wood, like we talked about, everything in Peshtigo, <laughs> yeah. From the houses to the sidewalks and the sawdust streets, wood. Forks and spoons. Wooden tools. Yep. Wooden everything. Yeah. So some people fled down the banks of the river on their respective sides. About 40 people ran into the Pashtigo Company boarding house where John Cameron had kicked up his feet before all of this happened. Uh-huh. And they hoped that the building might provide some refuge. Um. The wooden building. The building was made of
1: it was made of wood and they oh, were reduced
0: to ashes in no time.
1: Uh, um,
0: Not a good place to run.
1: No. I mean, you'll do some funny things in a heightened state of panic.
0: It's kind of like what we talked about in episode 37 about the Tangshan earthquake. It just, like you have this instinct to indoors is safe mm-hmm. or, or or in an earthquake, you have this instinct to run outdoors. Right. With a fire, the threat is more visible. So you're trying to get away from it. Yeah, and usually from it. inside is where you run to hide. Yeah. Under the
1: bed that's classic poor choice but yeah i can't
0: really fault them for it
1: come on what would you do yeah are we all going to be uh freaking rambo no i don't think so. no
0: most people made a run for the bridge connecting the east and west side of Peshtigo. okay um except what? most people on both sides made a run for the bridge oh don't know what the plan was but again you're not really planning things out when
1: everything around you is on fire it's it's, it's probably crass to say but it sounds like you know Mosh pit situation you have, that. that would be called the wall of death. Apt. Apt, I would say. Apt. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty on the nose. So just like the
0: bridges in Chicago, if you remember, the bridge in Peshtigo became a choke point. Uh People, carts with horses before and after, and livestock all met head on at the bridge. Oh God. Made of wood. Yeah. About the time the bridge started to burn and people began jumping into the water or trampling each other to death, the sawmills central to the lumber trade in Peshtigo exploded into flames. Jeez. John Cameron, who survived the blaze, would later talk about the things he saw. And I think this is kind of earning our keep as the October of despair. Oh, here we go. One of those things which inspired me to talk about this disaster in our October Uh were the final moments of Helga Rockstad. Cameron described seeing her running down the street towards the water, her golden hair flowing behind her.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: But before long, the golden locks turned to flame from the sheer heat of the surrounding firestorm. Oh, man. (laughs) Until eventually the flames consumed her completely. Jesus Christ. When Cameron returned to the spot where he saw her following the blaze, all he found were garter buckles and a pile of ash. (laughs)
1: That is insane.
0: If you need an illustration of the kind of heat going on, like she, she didn't catch on fire from the fire reaching her. No. It was the
1: sheer heat. It was just so hot and dry. Mm -hmm. Firestorms, man. Wow. No joke. That's horrifying. Just so you know.
0: Well, that's, (laughs) that's the start of it. Oh, (laughs) good. So it stands to reason that, like Chicago, the water was the safest place. Uh, Didn't mean it was safe. It just meant that it was the safest. Safest. So after burying the church's valuables in a hole in his backyard. Yeah. Sounds familiar. Good. Yeah. Come back for that shit. (laughs) (laughs) At least here he was doing it himself. Chicago (laughs) was like, it was the servants bearing the piano. Being like, I am... I am out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so fa- after he did that, Father Pernan made for the river and later described what he saw. Oh, good quote. The banks were covered with people standing there, motionless as statues, some with eyes staring upturned towards heaven and tongues protruded. Huh. The greater number seemed to have no idea of taking any steps to procure their safety, imagining, as many afterwards acknowledged to me, that the end of the world had arrived and that there was nothing for them but silent submission to their fate. Oh. Which, when you go from a quiet Sunday evening to your world being on fire, Uh is maybe a reasonable assumption.
1: I suppose, yeah, especially if you're uh, the God-fearing type. Which, at this point, I imagine is... Most people. I imagine that's the,
0: uh, the overall, you know, feel. of the, It's of- only 200 years after they were hanging witches. Yeah. So I don't think <laughs> that much changed. That kind of <laughs> attitude's still hanging around. So Perrin saw the heads of people submerged to the chin in the frigid Peshtigo River. Mm. So he looked out. Imagine like every, every two feet, you've just got like a head of someone being right. underwater, trying to get <laughs> away from the flames.
1: Yep. Can't win, eh? It's like frigid water. Yep. Yeah.
0: Neck down, freezing.
1: Neck down, everything sucks, but my, from my n- mouth up to my forehead, I'm roasting alive.
0: Speaking of which, as the flames reached the banks of the Peshtigo River, the intense heat started lighting people's hair on fire.
1: Oh, God. People in the water. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Jeez. Uh-huh. Okay. Because even at this point, if your hair is wet, the heat is so intense that it'll dry it for you. And then it'll light it on fire It'll
1: light it it on fire in short order.
0: (laughs) So whenever this would happen, it would force people to submerge themselves, obviously, to put out the flames. But it's a river with a current, so a lot of times people wouldn't resurface after Uh, trying to put their hair out. Oh. So not a lot of refuge.
1: (laughs) That is a stacked deck. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Those that did make it back to the surface came face to face with a fresh hell. (laughs) Remember how I said to put a pin in killer logs? the fuck out of here. Okay. (laughs) Logs had broken loose from the sawmill and were now plummeting down the river. Oh my god! The river where everyone was seeking refuge.
1: (laughs) The one place!
0: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Also, let's not forget that logs are also made of wood. (laughs) So, if by some miracle you survived becoming a human torch when your hair got lit on fire by the heat, (laughs) and you didn't drown in the current when you submerged yourself to put out the flames you resurface to the sight of a legion of flaming logs barreling down the river <laughs> towards you.
1: Yeah. At that point, it's just like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle. What, what <laughs> do you want from me? Yeah. What do you
0: what do you expect? <laughs> you just know there's like the one guy who got talked into buying a cabin in Peshtigo <laughs> is like, I have the worst fucking real estate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and there's your... Uh... Arrested development and allotment right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One per. Barry. <laughs> yeah. The worst fucking attorney.
0: <laughs> then the factory
1: exploded. Of course, yeah. The don't, factory
0: that built things, mostly made out of wood. Uh-huh. The factory near the shore where the people were putting out their involuntary Ghost Rider cosplays and dodging flaming <laughs> logs.
1: <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was proud of that one. Uh, Yeah, that's good. Not only did this explosion result in a huge surge of heat, which nobody needed at this point, (laughs) the contents of the factory, in mainly like wooden buckets, wooden barrels, wooden broom handles, Mm. soared through the night sky and showered down onto the people in the Peshtigo River.
1: Oh, lovely. Mm -hmm. Here's a little
0: bit of shrapnel to uh, mix it up. It took about one hour for Peshtigo to go from a bustling growing town of 1700 to ashes. Oh my God. One hour. So really, it wasn't that much of an exaggeration to say that you went from Peshtigo, nothing.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you compare it to the, the London fire, which was this like creeping yeah. and crawling and should we yeah. abandon our house? I don't know. I don't know. To yeah. This is like. Run. Like.
0: Yeah. That you is- had time for thought, even just the time for thought, time to realize what's going on. Yeah the priest talking about people standing on the shore in shock.
1: Yeah. Like, even if you don't think it's the apocalypse, that's probably what you're doing. I don't fault them. Yeah, I mean, of course, a person would do that. That's insane to go from, it's kind of red out here. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or
0: even just like having dinner and then your house is on fire. boom! Yeah, Instantly. Yeah. So just because Peshtigo is in ashes doesn't mean the fire stopped
1: why would it stop?
0: Remember, this town had a that primo forest on all sides. Oh, this yeah. This forest didn't end at the edge of the town.
1: No. There wasn't like a brick wall or something.
0: This is a forest that went all the way to the nearby logging towns of Menominee.
1: 11 kilometers away.
0: Well, that was Marinette. But ah, Menominee's ah, on the way too.
1: Fine. No, no, that's... It's on the way. It's, it's part
0: <laughs> of it. Also, I wonder if the band Menominee is from Menominee. Menominee?
1: Do you ever, it's that song by the Muppets. No.
0: That's a different... That's... <laughs> unrelated that's no i don't know what you speak (laughs) look up monomena i'll post it in our discord maybe i'll I'll post it in our discord sorry yeah man i love the muppet show i used to like run home from school to watch it this is great my mom would buy me yogurts
1: and they were like muppet yogurts (laughs) it had like the muppets on them the muppets is a weird one because it was sort of for adults too right sort of like What's happening on the Muppets? Oh, well, you know, they're having a conversation with Don Rickles. Yeah. <laughs> and then soon Dom DeLuise is going to show him, like This is for children. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, Wasn't John Bonham on the Muppets? <laughs> probably. <laughs> or, well, I don't know if he was, but I know that Monster was essentially supposed to be John Bonham. Yeah. Like when more, he played the drums. Uh, yeah. Animal. Yeah. Animal. Did I right. say Monster? I said Monster. Animal. Monster. Same thing. Yeah. Like Muppets fell in that weird category of like kiddish enough for your parents to let you watch it. Yeah. But the humor
1: didn't treat you like a kid? No, it was, there was kind of yeah. a thing where everyone could, and they sort of carried that over to Sesame Street too. Like yeah. back in the day, there was sort of stuff that would make the moms and dads chuckle yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. That's why yeah. I hated Absolutely. Elmo so much because when he came along, <laughs> it was like literally like talking to kids and baby talk. Yeah. Rather yeah. than like Bert and Ernie going like, like just sort of yeah. being funny. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's... Yeah, a- yeah. We're a little off topic right now. <laughs> we were talking about people burning to death.
0: Also our patron Sonora in the Discord says phenomena are so good. So there you go. Educate yourself, Lee. I should. Educate yourself. I have a lot to learn. This is the one band on earth you haven't <laughs> heard before. That's complete <laughs> crap.
1: <laughs> but okay.
0: Before the day was done, half of these towns would be burned to the ground. I don't mean half of the t- I don't mean half of these two half towns. I mean town. one one half of Menominee and Marinette would burn down. Okay. But thankfully, they were close to port where they were like they could get loaded onto steamers and be evacuated. Oh, okay. So at least they had time to prepare and see this coming and started evacuating people out of the city. And Good. they did a yeah. similar like they would pack the wooden buildings with the blankets. wet blankets. Yeah, exactly. Worked before. In addition to these towns, several smaller settlements were also leveled by the firestorm. Right. You know how people sometimes say that things aren't so bad in the light of day?
1: Now I've heard that expression, yeah.
0: Things in Peshtigo and the surrounding settlements raised by the fire were way worse in the light (laughs) of day. Yeah, I could see how that would have the opposite effect. Throughout the countryside were littered scenes like the one at the Hills Farm, where there were 13 charred corpses in the barn of humans, 23 dead horses, 15 sheep, two cows, and a dog.
1: Oh, dog. Right? (laughs) That's the worst part for some reason.
0: I haven't even given you like the final tally, but that dog is the one that's going to stand out. That's (laughs) the
1: one that hurts the most. I don't know. I'm sorry.
0: So these people died in the fire, but they weren't even the worst of it. Uh. So there were a lot of situations like the Towsley family with their three children who were found with their throats cut, presumably by themselves to avoid the horror of being burned alive. Oh,
1: Jesus. Oh, fair Mm -hmm. enough. You know, I might opt for that as opposed to burning to death.
0: Yeah. There's also stories of finding people, like, in wells with, like, the bucket rope around their neck because they just, like, hung themselves instead of being burnt to death. Yeah. That's for
1: creativity.
0: Dark. Yeah. Speaking of dark, Mm. because it's Halloween. Are we getting dark now? Well, because it's Halloween and because of all this talk of burning is kind of just begging for it, I'm instituting a new feature on the podcast, and feel free to avail yourself of it whenever (laughs) you feel like it. I'm going to call it the dark bar. Like sidebar, but dark bar. Dark bar. It's like a sidebar, but we kind of put a pause. I don't necessarily do it here, but we can put a pause on like the no malice rule. And a lot of times, we don't necessarily go into gory details. And there's not that many here. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like in a situation where you might say trigger warning, put it in a dark bar. Okay, that's our version thereof. A little bit. Okay, because I'm talking about all these people not wanting to burn to death. I'm going to do a dark bar about death by burning. Okay. If you've been listening to the show for any period of time, it will not shock you in the least to learn that humans have been burning each other alive on purpose virtually since they discovered fire. Yeah. What happens when you burn alive, you might ask?
1: Um, I won't do it this time. Go. No,
0: you don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) We all know it was coming. Yeah, yeah. As your body is exposed to the extreme heat of the fire, Mm. water leaves your skin and organs and they shrink. Yeah. This includes your muscles and is why the corpse of a burn victim is often seen with their legs folded under them and their arms pulled up. because basically like everything kind of contracts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beyond this, the fire uses your tissue like fuel, burning like a human-sized fleshy log. Most often, death is due to inhaling hot gases or suffocation. I think Mm. we talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. But even if you do survive, a lot of times you generally end up drowning from the fluid built up in your charred lungs.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. Okay.
0: Sometimes getting even darker oh, somehow. We're getting dark now. Sometimes death is as the result of the skin around your neck tightening because of all the water leaving it what? and strangling you.
1: Oh. Yeah. This is so weirdly specific and just odd. Uh-huh. <laughs> like uh-huh. never would have guessed.
0: These these dark bars are gonna be a rare thing for me because I <laughs> actually lost a lot of sleep about this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the man I was before I started this research. An evening where, like, I went to bed and it's just like me on my phone being like, more kittens, please. Yeah, more exactly. kittens.
1: Resisting the urge to Google image search some of this. Do not. Rap. Do not. Do not. Watch 10 episodes of Seinfeld to try and <laughs> yeah. cleanse your mind um, of the horror. So, as you can imagine, the pain is
0: excruciating and it's worst when you're first set on fire. Yep. But eventually the nerves in your skin are
1: destroyed and then it's not that bad. <laughs> after the worst experience of your life that is just uh-huh. unimaginable. After that, yeah. eh, it's not so <laughs> <laughs> that then, then it's not bad. <laughs> then it's fine.
0: Because you'll be dead soon. <laughs> because
1: you'll be dead soon and you're probably insane now.
0: So death by burning has been used as a punishment since the 18th and 17th century BC. I wasn't joking. Yep. 18th and 17th century BC is like shortly after... <laughs> fire fire good yeah fire (laughs) fire good Mm, fire good let's use it to kill 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 (laughs) Kill, (laughs) there's a lot of history on it the Romans really went to town with it Mm. so especially if you abducted a young girl and had voluntary or involuntary relations with her uh If it was non-consensual, then it would be just the abductor that was burnt alive. And they would do this by basically putting on this flammable vest yeah. and having you stand on top of this giant pole and lighting you on fire. That's okay. If it was consensual, then the girl was also burned. That's obviously fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wanted it? Well, yep. guess what? Yeah. Didn't stop there, though. If they found that the girl was corrupted by nurses, for example, leading her to these encounters, then the nurse would have molten lead poured down her throat. <laughs> it was getting dark. I don't know if I'm going to do too many dark bars. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Maybe we'll pull the people that are listening in to see if dark bars are a thing see that we should we're do. we're like
1: ruining <laughs> things for
0: the, are we? <laughs> yeah. like life. <laughs> oh and also we didn't talk about this specifically but in this if it's unclear this kills the nurse is that right the lead down the throat it does yes
1: <laughs> mm, okay thanks for uh clarifying that <laughs>
0: speaking of pouring molten metal down throats yeah speaking of which the stories that tell of genghis khan pouring gold down the throats of several of his conquered rulers
1: oh no it's kind of a game of thrones uh moment there. i was just
0: gonna say so i guess the mongols are responsible both for corpse catapults and <laughs> one of the most horrific deaths in game of thrones yeah also, maybe more poignantly, this is, this is one that I can actually maybe get behind a little bit. Okay. There are accounts of the Aztecs and other Central American natives pouring molten gold down the throats of captured Spanish invaders. Yeah, cool. Mocking them, saying, eat gold, Christians. Because if you remember, <laughs> if you think back to episode <laughs> six, smallpox in Mexico, yeah. it started a lot of bullshit just because they wanted all that gold. Yeah. So here you go.
1: Yeah. Hey, hey, <laughs> careful what you wish for exactly am i right (laughs) Uh yeah they're funny those aztecs
0: (laughs) (laughs) they didn't say eat gold did they apparently the (laughs) accounts say it and if the accounts say it well who am
1: i to who am i to they're the accounts man the accounts (laughs) are the accounts for a reason because they do the accounting
0: also i'm judging by a little bit of the reactions in the discord that i think dark bars might be uh fair play so <laughs> Okay.
1: So always include a dark part.
0: <laughs> well, we don't wanna we don't wanna take this we don't wanna lean into it, but it might show up. Otherwise, fire has been used to punish everything from heretics. Uh huh. Uh it's been used in pogroms against the Jews, as we've heard about, from the twelfth through the sixteenth century. Right, right, right. If you remember the Black Death. Yes. Everyone basically lost their minds thinking that it was caused by the Jews poisoning the wells. So they just marched them into burning pits. Uh-huh. Lepers didn't get it much easier. In the 14th century, they were also burnt. Yeah. Constantly for, again, being accused of poisoning the wells. Which makes me think, if you suspect that all of your wells are poisoned,
1: maybe it's a well problem. <laughs> How did they poison all the well? You crafty 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 <laughs> right? people and it's just like
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can just imagine that like in the foreground someone is like yelling at a jew about poisoning the wells in the mm-hmm. background there's like 11 pigs shitting right next to the <laughs> well
1: yeah. it's like a far side cartoon or something
0: couldn't be those pigs no no right, no no. Right, it's right. you
1: i knew it
0: <laughs> what Uh the past oh boy I won't get much darker because like I said, I, I lost, I did the research and I lost the sleep for you,
1: <laughs> Okay, but you. I
0: will mention one thing that you've, mu- maybe Lee, you've probably heard of this. I would be surprised <laughs> maybe if you hadn't. Does a uh, brazen bull ring a bell? Brazen bowl. bull. 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 Like male, male cow. Right. Does that sound no. familiar? Uh,
1: not <laughs> okay. really. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> well
0: <laughs> then, no, no, buckle up. I'm okay. looking forward to this. <laughs> In the sixth century BC, Athens commissioned phalaris to build a temple to zeus in sicily uh. the power went to his head immediately and phalaris became a legendarily cruel despot okay in his search for increasingly horrific ways to end people's lives he commissioned Perillos of athens to build him a bronze enclosure in the shape of a bull with a series of tubes in the head to turn the screams of the victim into the sounds of a bull. <laughs> the idea is you would put a person inside the bronze bull and roast them alive with a fire underneath the bowl. I
1: have heard of that.
0: Do you know the rest of the story? No. <laughs> Legend has it, Perilos built the bull for Phalaris, and as yeah. repayment, Phalaris threw Perilos into the bowl and made him its first victim. <laughs> okay, almost. Come on now. Phalaris wasn't a total dick. He took Polaris out before he could die. So, <laughs> so he was... But then he took him and threw him off of a cliff, and oh. then then he died. So,
1: <laughs> while he was already horribly disfigured, or like, did he burn yeah. him a little bit?
0: <laughs> he burned him a little bit, took him took out, him out. threw him off a cliff, and threw him
1: off a yeah. cliff. Yeah, yeah. You, you've seen
0: Austin Powers? Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not dead. I'm, not I'm dead. just very
1: badly <laughs> burned. I'll try to stand up. Oh, my leg broke. <laughs> you <laughs> shot me. <laughs> you <laughs> shot me right in the arm. <laughs> I just love that he was like, yeah, I'll build that for you, you sick bastard. (laughs) right. Well, money talks, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm
0: I'm not going to say no. So here's the thing. Because nature isn't without a sense of justice, when Phalaris was finally overthrown, Uh legend has it that he met his fate inside the brazen bull. For real. No last minute cliff-throwing psych out. Uh So, guy came to Sicily, overthrew Phalaris, and saw this bull, and he was like, dude, that's kind
1: of fucked. <laughs> yeah. Threw him in. And what do you do with that over? thing? Well, <laughs> I roast people alive in it and I listen to the music of their screams. Oh. <laughs> well, get in. <laughs> so you're a crazy son of a bitch, huh? <laughs> well, when you put it that way, <laughs> the
0: music of their screams. <laughs> uh,
1: what have I done? Those are lyrics. <laughs>
0: Soon to be. Write it down. <laughs> yeah. Ham song, Brazen Bull, Brazen Bull, Ham Brazen song. Bull, Ham song. Yeah. Putting a fin in that. Needless to say, dying in a fire is not the way you want to go. No. Unless you're fighting Kill Jaden in the Sunwell and your healers have let the tank die for like the 20th time. Yeah. <laughs> Nuclear norm knows what I'm talking about. Okay. All throughout Peshtigo and the surrounding forest are stories of people that took their own lives rather than suffer the pain of being burned alive. Yep, that'd be me. Now that I've described what burning alive entails, is kind of understandable. I'm more dug into that option than ever before, but it was always my option. I don't have this list, but if I had this list of ways that I want to die, burning would probably be at the bottom of it. It'd probably be at the bottom. Yeah. Right near the brazen bull.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like literally right down there. Yeah. Like I'd rather drown. I'd rather freeze to death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't want to get eaten a shark or I, something that would be pretty i guess it depends too, i guess it depends yeah. on what's eating me Wait, <laughs> hey, what's eating you man it's <laughs> <Just> your problem because <laughs> if,
0: it, if it's like a t-rex gulp one gulp up, like that's done. all right yeah yeah, yeah. although yeah. then you're alive no then you're getting digested this is this is bonus content territory i think <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about how we want to die what's the <laughs> most optimal according to father perrin who told us about the romp in the peshtigo river i'm gonna uh, call it. Yeah. The survivors of the Peshtigo firestorm were met with, quote, a scene with whose horror and ruin none were as yet fully acquainted. Right. The streets of Peshtigo were littered with charred corpses, and sometimes not even that. Often there was basically just a streak of human shaped ashes. <laughs> and okay, probably not human shaped, but a lot of times you would find like whatever non flammable, like buttons strewn a in ring. ashes and stuff. Yeah. 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 So Peshtigo, the booming log town, was reduced to stone foundations and iron tools, and anything flammable was just gone. All right. There's actually an article in the New York Tribune that wrote, In the glory of this Indian summer, stupid, see episode 6 and 15. (laughs) Yeah. Indian summer. (laughs) You know, the second you got here, you knew you weren't in India.
1: Yeah, you're Indian. we're not.
0: (laughs) In the glory of this Indian summer afternoon, I look out on the ghastliest clearing that ever lay before mortal eyes. The sandy streets glisten with a frightful smoothness and calcined fragments are all that remain of imposing edifices and hundreds of peaceful homes. Jeez. In the word of one of the town's founders, quote, where the forest had been, gaunt disfigured tree trunks stood like sentinels of death under the low hanging pall of smoke. So add smoke to your imagery. Oh yeah. Like everything is burnt down and there's basically smoke just hanging on everything. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: In the first of the shocking aftermath numbers, You remember how the fire of London, I think it killed like six people after all that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Stupid low number.
0: Don't use that as your calibrating point. Okay. (laughs) The Peshtigo Firestorm destroyed 1,280 acres or almost 5,200 square kilometers, 2,000 square miles of forest.
1: That sounds like a large
0: area. That's 33% bigger than Rhode Island. Okay. And for Canadians, that's almost the entire surface area of Prince Edward Island. Wow. Yeah. That's the first shocking number. <laughs> okay. It took a while for news of the fire to reach the rest of the US because much like in the Johnstown flood, episode 31, telegraph lines were among the first things destroyed. Right. In the flood, it was the water, but here, obviously, they're made of wood, so...
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so they know something's wrong because they're not getting any yeah. messages to and from.
0: Exactly. But also, on the other side of the coin, the fires in the area were kind of frequent and were pretty much knocking out these telephone telegraph lines before this point too. So communications like gradually dipped down and then eventually just stopped. The world didn't really learn about the horror of Peshtigo until October 10th, 1871, about two days after it happened. Okay. Thanks to a courier sent by one of the Peshtigo company's founders. Okay. The other reason that it took so long for attention to turn to Peshtigo was that a certain other high profile blaze causing millions of dollars in property damage happened at the exact same time.
1: Oh yeah, which one was that? (laughs) said it so many times
0: basically the great Chicago fire was to Peshtigo what the murder of John Lennon was to the news of Darby Crash's heroin overdose that's what I was thinking of for those of you keeping score that's me roping together two references in one episode 30 and 38 (laughs) there you go (laughs) the survivors were left with the unenviable task of counting the dead yep and here comes the second shocking number Mm. after all the charred remains were counted from Peshtigo and all of the surrounding camps and settlements affected by the firestorm okay 1,200 people died either screaming in flames or by their own hand. Huh. Some estimates put the number between 1,500 and even 2,500 on the high end. Jeez. So even with the lowest estimate, the tally makes the Peshtigo firestorm the deadliest fire in American history and possibly even in the history of the world. Wow. 1,200 people That's on the low That's a lot. End. Like,
1: I don't, I'm not picturing a huge city. It was, well. I'm picturing like one yeah. main street and then you're, you know, yeah, businesses and houses, and you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't even that. Like, keep in mind, there were a lot of like
0: smaller logging settlements, yeah, and, and then stuff your around.
1: settlements here and there, and you know, yeah, the the suburbs, you know, if you if you like,
0: our patron techno diva sums it up. Oh, holy hell! <laughs> I completely agree. I can get on board with that. <laughs> uh huh. It poured into Peshtigo, though maybe not on the same scale as Chicago, because obviously Chicago is kind of the higher profile disaster, even though this one is the more horrific one. Yeah. By 1873, just two years later, many survivors had actually returned to the area, rebuilt and were growing crops. Oh, that's brave. That's kind of a common theme too, where like Chicago didn't give up, London didn't, well, London definitely didn't give up. Even this logging town didn't give up and Peshtigo is still a place. Right. As for the logging and industrial practices that led to this fire in the first place, Mother Nature said to them, well, I hope you learned a valuable lesson. (laughs) To which the forestry industry said,
1: nope. Uh, What do you mean? No? No.
0: Because this fire was followed by major forest fires in 1880, 1891, 1894, 1897, 1908, 1910, 1923, 1931, and 1936. (laughs) Okay. Just in Wisconsin. Oh, I see. So maybe to wrap up, <laughs> as much as we talk about disasters being the catalyst for change, sometimes it takes more than two thousand blackened bodies in a smoldering clearing.
1: Yeah, sometimes you need like a more of a, like a more clear warning, <laughs> <laughs> like something that just like hits you over the head, Bing! Yeah. and the light bulb goes off. Forster industries like. Not getting it. Uh, that just seems uh, it's just. Are we gonna, you know, let fear rule us? Some random happenstance. I don't think so.
0: You know, in Fight Club, yeah, when the bar owner discovers that they've been doing Fight Club, yeah, and he's like explaining, quote unquote, to Tyler that they can't be there, and he's just like beating the shit out of him, like <laughs> yeah. punching him in the face, <laughs> and Tyler's like, wait, 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 I got it, I got it. No, I lost it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then he just punches him in the face again. That's this. That's
1: basically this.
0: This happens by 1910. They're like, okay, 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 okay. There seems to no, be... No, no, no. I still no, don't... Uh, sorry, I lost uh, it. Here we go again. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> that is the... I'm not sure what I'm going to call it yet. That is, that's the fire in Wisconsin or the Peshtigo Firestorm.
1: Peshtigo Firestorm has my vote.
0: Well, that was the Peshtigo Firestorm, and that was a disaster.
1: Um... Yeah, I'd say so.
0: Yeah, to put it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> you got some music to go along with that? I do. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'll go first because maybe yours will be a little bit more interesting. Mine seems a little bit, <laughs> you probably know the genre. <laughs> um. Yeah, I got a pretty good idea. You probably know the genre for all of my choices throughout October, but I'll try and mix it up for the next
1: one. Uh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so the band is, uh, our place of worship is Silence. Oh yeah. You of them?
1: uh that rings yeah. a bell, yeah.
0: I probably recommended them as you might guess from the name of the band mm-hmm. it's an la black metal band mm. the album is with inexorable suffering from 2018
1: <laughs> nice <laughs> already very appropriate
0: and then the song is chronicles of annihilation <laughs> so i don't even know if i have to describe why i chose this song yeah it's Mysterious. okay if we really want to get oh, this will be a sidebar that maybe gets edited out because sonora one of our patrons suggested uh this fire by franz ferdinand great yeah. song yeah I sh- maybe i should have gone with this, this my first instinct my first instinct was a song by uh this dj named scooter scooter and the song is fire uh-huh it's like 90s techno it's fire like a different kind yeah of- Oh, nuclear norm says kill switch engage. This fire burns.
1: <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Metallica, oh, jump in the fire. There's another one coming up.
0: Yeah, yeah. So hey, maybe nice. this is the thing. Maybe we do live streams and the patrons suggest the music.
1: Yeah, shout them
0: out. the The patron recommendations are from Sonora, "This Fire" by Franz Ferdinand, uh, and from Nuclear Norm, not really a patron, more <laughs> of a patron saint. Patron am I right? Saint
1: of science.
0: <laughs> uh. So he suggested Killswitch kill Engage's song, This Fire Burns. Yeah. That's a good one. Nice. The reason that I chose uh, With an exorable Suffering, I mean, burning churches is black metal. Burning down an entire town is probably capital B black metal. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'd say so.
0: By the way, this episode's already in the can, but if you want to hear more about black metal and fire, tune in next week. Oh, that's then, coming. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the next episode. I don't think it's not. Um, but yeah, beyond this, I'm realizing that black metal is just kind of an obvious choice for gnarly disasters. And there's really not much to say. The song is great. The band is great. If you like black right. metal, this you're going to love it. It's
1: always appropriate, I think. Yeah. For this kind of exactly. stuff. So, uh, Lee, what do you got? Um, I didn't pick a black metal band. <clears throat> Actually shocking. Because I knew you would. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so the band I went with is an Australian band called King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I've heard of them. Heard of them. And I
0: am going to admit that the only barrier to me listening to them is the name. And maybe I should get <laughs> it's over the that. horrible, horrible name. That I had the same thing with Adam Maniguchi, and they're one of my favorite bands. So maybe... I,
1: oh, yeah. There you go. Maybe I well, um, them. this is a weird band. Like they... Uh, they've been around... I say this like 2010. They average a, a, at least two albums a year and they're very kind of jammy and psychedelic. But genre-wise, they go everywhere so you can get one album that's sort of like almost tinged with jazz or Mm -hmm. yeah just kind of psychedelic kind of sixty sounding stuff but they also have their metal side so last year they put out an album called it's one of the albums they put out last year called infest the rat's nest okay and uh one of my favorite albums of 2019 and i want to give them points for grammar because they put Rats apostrophe after the S. So, nice. good job, boys. That makes me happy. Yeah. So, uh, the last song on that album is called Hell. Oh, okay. Yep. And it's just very like, it's sort of their take on like thrash and, and sort of speed metal. Like, it's very. And um, it's funny because I, I had, I was like, what song am I going to pick? And I was listening to that today at work one so, second this is perfect though like, there's like, god it, god it's pretty hot down here i'm like singing about hell so <laughs> i was like eh, it could work for a fire
0: it certainly could so, yeah hell nice sweet yeah. probably heard a bunch of that too you <laughs> know and the links are in the description so that was a disaster thanks for joining us everyone yes indeed if you want to help us out the best thing you can do is to tell a friend to listen maybe maybe don't wait until the world is on fire around you to do it and you're running to the shores of the only respite in town yeah that's inappropriate just you know do it do it now do it Do it it while you're not
1: worried for your life yeah that that'd be the that'd be the way to do it yeah you make us look bad yeah if you do it the other way
0: yeah if you're like Listen to this is a disaster. And they're like, what? What? Because they can't hear you over the flames. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. The next best thing you can do is to subscribe if you aren't already and leave a rating or review. Apple Podcasts would be a great place. We get a lot of feedback from you guys, uh, like one-on-one and messages and stuff, which is awesome. Uh, We'd also be great to get some feedback in the form of a review if you are so inclined. (laughs) If you want to keep up with us on social media at This Disaster Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can get everything in one convenient place on our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com. And on our patreon.com slash thisdisasterpod, you can become a patron, get access to free bonus content like micro disasters uh, that come out every two weeks. You got some, sometimes we do bigger chunks of bonus content. Haven't done one in a little while, but I think there's some brewing. So that'll be, that'll be coming soon too. You can get access to live streams like tonight. We had a lot of patrons in our discord that we were that we're tuned in and chatting about the horror that you just heard about. So you can mm. you can join in. I mean, you can join the Discord now if you want, but you can also be a patron. That's right. Join in the fun, it was fun. Also, I forgot to mention this at the outset, in two days, we're doing our watch party on the Discord. That's right. If you haven't already, you can go, uh, there's a link to our poll to vote for what movie we're gonna watch. At this point, it's probably at the final stage. Yeah. So you're voting between two choices. I don't know what those choices are yet because we're recording this before that happens. Maybe I'll just do like an over voice overlay. <laughs> I hope you enjoy watching The Shining or <laughs> Evil Dead. <laughs> Please do that anyway. So get get on our Discord. Even if you don't vote for the movie, but you like the movie that we're gonna watch, then uh, hop on, grab your popcorn, grab your whatever, and uh, watch
1: that with us. Join <laughs> us. That's an Evil Dead reference. There'll probably be an echo on that. Appropriate. (laughs) Yeah, there better be. Nice.
0: I think that's pretty much all I had to
1: say. Lee, you got anything to add? Uh, Yeah, I do. Okay. How would you describe an acorn? (sighs) It's kind of like a nut with a hat on it. Oh, you're close. I mean, in a nutshell, it's an oak tree. (laughs) Jesus. You can thank uh, (laughs) Trial Andy for that one
0: oh god amazing he's the son of a bitch so like good. i am i've been using i've been using that switzerland one
1: all that's the time. a good one <laughs> god. the good jokes are the ones like oh you're telling a joke <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: i got a joke that maybe i'll tell some other time on all the right. podcast don't don't forget it yeah <laughs> it's, it's a long re- one uh, i can't forget it a long okay. one <laughs> okay so that's pretty much it thanks for joining us oh next time Next time is our last episode in our October of Despair, and we're going to be talking about a deadly fog. What? Mm-hmm. Cool. That's all I'm going to say for now. Deadly fog. Because, I got some more reading to do, but also oh. because I want to tease it. So <laughs> I don't know how it ends. <laughs> Not from Stephen King. From yeah, a place that actually happened. Oh all right so that's oh although i think that's a mist reference and if we're talking like about mist. horror movies oh how did we not
1: anyway whatever the mist is a good one yep it's such a good ending <laughs> you want to talk dark bar that's at the dark bar that's uh we're not going to spoil it that is happy hour at the dark bar
0: I, there's like two movie two movies i've heard of where the authors have said that the movie ending is better than the book ending yeah it's i think fight club in the mist oh really so yeah interesting
1: yeah I I can I can attest to that
0: read the book saw the movie movie endings better drop what you do and watch the mist yeah alright so that's pretty much all I have to say and uh, we'll see you in the next major disaster Bye. bye bye